It's good to be back, isn't it? We don't need holidays. We don't need to be sitting on beaches. We need to be here. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need a holiday already. Um, anyway, it's good to be here. The youth in this morning, are they? Oh, fantastic. Um, this morning, um, actually, before I, I speak, I, I just want to share a verse that if there's anything you go away with this week, or from this morning, rather, remember this. Uh, this is um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. It says, and he died for all. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, he died for you. And now say, and he died for me. Amen? It's wonderful truth, isn't it? And he says, and those who live might no longer live for themselves. Say to the person next to you, no longer live for yourselves. <laughs> See, it's the truth. And it is, but for him, say to the person next to you, live for him. Okay, that's, you've just spoken the word of God now, so see what they are, slip that in. You've got to live for Jesus, amen? If there's anything that um, could sum up maybe what I'm speaking about this morning, it's um, really about living for Jesus. We're no longer ourselves, we live for him, Amen? Amen, there was, that was a good amen over this side, but not much of an amen over this side, so amen, amen yes. Um, if you're visiting this morning, welcome. Um, I really want to share with the church just to take a fresh look at the vision. Um, there's no new vision, it's the same vision the Lord particularly spoke to me and what we've seen the Lord working in the church over recent years, but just an opportunity to take a fresh look together and, and to identify our place in it, but if you're visiting then... Uh, I believe there is a word of God for you as well. This isn't just about strategies and practicalities. This is really understanding what has God got for the church. And we are part of the church. If you're from another church, it's for you as well because you're part of the church. And so that's why I've, I've entitled this talk and I'm going to speak next week as well. Today I want to talk about building up and next week I want to talk about sending out. So... Because I think there are various things that we can look at, and, and if I've set this up correctly, then um, we can, I think I need to focus it, Drew. Do you mind just focusing it on the thing? Um, when I look at the church, and, when, uh, and you can go and do this yourself, there it goes, you can see the church in these two ways. And you see it's teaching throughout the New Testament particularly. It says, build up. I will build my church. Build up one another. Edify one another. Build up. I'm building a temple, a spiritual temple. All these kind of things which we look at. We see these things. And then we also see the church um, uh, that we are a sent people. Go into all the world, make disciples. So we've got to look at church in these two ways. We are a church that needs to be built up or we are a building of God but we also a sent people. We're a sent, uh, the church is part of God's mission. The church doesn't have a mission. God has a mission, and the church is part of that mission. So I want us to think in these two ways, um, being built up and being sent out. The other two ways we see in the church uh, is this kind of sense of being gathered and scattered. Today we've gathered together. We're all here, but when you leave this place, it's as if, if you like, we scatter into our different work lives, into our um, social environments, back into our neighborhoods. Um, we, we're getting on the buses and on the trains. We're work, walking with our colleagues. If you was at the MLG conference, you would have heard Steve and Mark and Hannah share about how they're seeking to live out their life and share their life in their workplace. 
It's very encouraging to hear them speak. Um, we'll have to get Steve up and ask him to share it to the winners because it's what, got, what Steve is doing in his workplace, just sharing uh, the life of Jesus amongst people is, is wonderful. And, um, and uh, it was great to hear Mark as well, Mark and Hannah, just sharing how they're looking at being a sent person in the community. But I'm going to talk about that next week. So the other way in which the church scatters, we see that in our community groups. We go out and we you know, come together in smaller entities. So we see this gathered and scattered. If you were to look in the scriptures, here's, uh, Acts is a great example. In Acts 2.46, it says... Day by day, attending the temple together. That's the gathered state of the church. They would gather. And now at that time, anyone tell me the minimum number of people in the church? Anyone read their Bibles? Huh? 3,000 people got saved in one day. That's the minimum number of people in the church at that point. So they gathered in this temple place. I don't know how many, but you can't fit 3,000 people in a home. I don't know if anyone's tried it. But they would gather together and they would hear the word of God, preach them in the temple. And that was the gathered state of the church. And then it says, and breaking bread in their homes, they would then scatter into their various homes. And that's where they did life together. That's where they prayed for one another, encouraged one another, found fellowship together. And, and so you see the church existing in these two forms. You've got the, the, the building up of the, the teaching and of the sowing into the lives and the spiritual building up, and then as they're scattered out into the world, you see them actively going out, sharing their faith, walking with one another, learning to be like Christ in their, in their um, day-to-day lives. And so the church should be about building people up, sending people out, okay? Building people up, sending people out. We could say that there are people not here because they've been built up and they've been sent out. And hopefully that's the case for everyone that moves on from this place. Um, in many respects, a part of our big change this year is Tim, one of the leaders, being, uh, moving on to take over uh, leading River Church. And you, would, you can see um, him being built up and then we send him out, which is very encouraging, isn't it? So I want us to think about these two, two ways. We are building up the church and sending out, if you like, building up so that we can send you out. And also, we gather together and we scatter out into our everyday kind of life. Um, Acts 4, just to sort of labor this point a bit about the early church, because I, I think there is so much that we have to learn from the early church. And so much of what the early church did is actually very relevant to a today's society. Um, Acts chapter 4, Peter gets put in prison. No, that's, a, um, that's another point. That's Acts 12. Acts 4, I think they're preaching the gospel. Peter and John get taken before the authorities. They get beaten up and they come back. Where do they go? They go to a home prayer meeting. They gather a small group of people say, we need to pray. And they pray and God moves and the room shakes. And they go out even more bold to preach the gospel. You see them gathering in these smaller groups. And Peter, when he was in prison and God miraculously released him, where did he go? He went to a, a home group where people were praying for him. So the gathered church, I think, is very relevant today. This is when, how could we share this common vision, this togetherness, if you like, uh, where we can come together? I was so encouraged by what I saw earlier. Excuse me, I've got my drink. So encouraged by seeing so many people serving the church. And that's just the kids' work. 
And there are many other people that are serving the church. After, um, what's that hymn we sung in the Red Book? When I survey, and then you see the kids, I'm done. <laughs> but it's wonderful, isn't it, just to see what God is doing. We, when we gather together, we are encouraged together, we hear the word of God together, and then we go out, sent people in our day-to-day life, being Jesus where we're at. Amen? I wonder, um, do you ever sort of think about the next 20 years? Do you ever sort of think, what is the church? No, some, of, some of us less so, more, more than others. But um, <laughs> many people talk about the, the trajectory of society and how it relates to the freedom of the church to gather like this and preach freely what the Bible teaches us. Now, you might say things are getting worse, and that tends to be the trajectory of current culture. And with the early church, the reason that the early church was able to carry on and to grow substantially is because it understood whether you could see the wisdom of God, whether they knew it, but as they gathered together in the temple, they was able to bring the word of God. But when they couldn't meet in the temple because of, because of persecution, the church thrived because it was already understood how to gather together in smaller situations. It knew how to be a scattered church. Do you see that? Have you read recently, if you remember Acts, and the, if you know your church history, that the church thrived because it knew how to be church in homes. And this is a fundamental part of the vision God has given me for this church. And, and it's one of the most difficult things I think we struggle with as a church to see our community groups growing beyond just Bible studies. And this isn't, I'm not criticizing anyone here. I'm just saying that this is part of what God wants to do in our community groups. That if push comes to shove, that community group is well able not only to teach one another, care for one another, pray for one another, reach out to their neighbours, invite people in and to grow and to be church in that small entity. But we, are, we have many things that are coming against us in this. We have an enemy. We have time issues. We have all sorts of things. But what we see here is that there is something really valuable right now that where we can gather together and encourage one another. We can do that now. And I believe that God is building his church and building us so that in 20 years' time, this church is thriving no matter what the landscape is culturally. And what do you see in other countries if you understand the situation in other countries? China is a very easy example. The church, the open church, was unable to gather as a whole and preach freely the word of God. So it went underground and it scattered into smaller groups. Now that church is probably one of the biggest churches in the world because it was able to understand how to be church in a small situation, just like the early church. I find that so encouraging. So we need to have a vision for the future. We need to know that what God is building now is not necessarily for me, but maybe for my children. We don't see our place in the building. So this is, I want, this is the kind of context that over these next couple of uh, weeks I want to share with you. And, um, but first of all, let's... Let's think about the building up. And I see four aspects of being built of the building in the scriptures. The first one is that God is building his church. That's what I want to start with. The second one is that God has created a ministry for the building of his church. OK? 
Okay, I'll explain what this is. Thirdly, that God has created us as a community to build one another up as church. And the fourth one is that God um, expects us personally to build up ourselves as part of his church. Okay? I'll try and get this done in 15 minutes. Amen. You're very quiet this morning. If I can only hear my wife. <laughs> um, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Now, if Jesus is building this church, then this church will be built. So there's something really important there. As it says, um, uh, we'll get to it a bit later, but it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor build in vain. We have to start very simply. This is the context in which any building happens is that Jesus is building the church. Do you believe that? That this is Jesus' church. He's building it, and you are a part of it. He is doing it. It's not me or Daniel or Jim or Alan that's doing it. It's God that's building this church. Right. There's something very wonderful about understanding building work. Because if you don't get the foundations right, if there's any weakness, that building will fall. But if Jesus is building the church, it says this in 1 Peter 2 verse 5, you yourselves, this is us as, 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 as believers, are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're being built up as a house. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're part of a house. Just try to get you a bit more engaged, you know. You know, there have been different pictures over the last uh, few weeks where God, um, you know, sometimes these pictures all mean the same thing. It can be we've had a tree with branches and a trunk. We've had various things, gardens and sowing and all this kind of thing. But God is building something. And when we understand if, it's, if God is building something, then that implies that there is some movement, some change, some life, something that's happening that's going to grow or going to expand or something. If there's building, there is enlargement. You agree? We can't not, um, if there's building, if we, at some point we want to build on the side here, if we said we're going to build here but nothing happened for weeks and weeks and weeks, we're not building. So there it implies something. However, as someone who's seen building work done in my, my house, and Daniel's going to start to do an extension in his house, uh, if you know anything about building work, the first part, the hardest part, is the groundwork. It all happens underground. Now, just near where Tim works, there's a building who my neighbors work at, um, uh, Bloomberg or whatever. They were building, and it took them so long to build just to the ground because they found some ancient kind of temple or something. I don't know what it was they, they, built, they, they found. But it took them so long to build the groundwork. You could think that it was nothing was ever happening. As soon as the groundwork was done, it shot up. Isn't that right, Tim? Probably walked past it many times, I don't know. And sometimes we have to be patient because what God is doing is unseen, it's underground. But God is building. And it's the eyes of faith that peer over the edge and see the groundwork being done. God is building. And sometimes we, do, we see something suddenly happen. It's as if the building foundation's gone, then up shoots the pillars. 
that God is building. He's forming, what does it mean that God is building his church? I was thinking about this. He's forming a people who will contain his glory. He's making us holy as a people. He's making this place a temple where he will pour out his spirit on an ongoing basis. And then people come in, it's like coming into an oasis in the desert of the spiritual and deadness of our society, they will come in and they will be faced with the life of the Spirit of God. That's what gathering should be about, whether it's a gathering in this place or a gathering in your home. When people come into contact with you, they taste the spiritual waters that are flowing out of our hearts because God has built us up. A people that have not been built up by God are purely natural. Living off the same energies of the people that we live by, of, of people that don't know the Lord. But God will build us up as a church to contain his glory. I think that's wonderful. You know, it talks about being a light on a hill. The light has to be Jesus, doesn't it? So the first thing is that God is building his church. And the second point of this which comes inside that building is that there is a ministry and I think this is in, when we actually stop and think about these verses it says 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 to 12 now this is Paul speaking but I think this applies to all of us who want to be involved in the work of the Lord and, I, and that's a calling to every Christian he says um, for we are God's fellow workers just think about that. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're God's fellow workers. Come on, I want to see you all doing it. <laughs> I suppose you could say you are God's fellow worker, really, shouldn't I? But I don't, you know, so much, when we was at the conference last week, what was very encouraging was, was the reminder, continual reminder of who you are in Christ. The power that lives in you. Ephesians. Paul cries out, I'm praying that you may know the power that dwells in you is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. What these are, you know, we are brought into this wonderful mission. You are God's field, talking to the church. God's building according to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. And let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Unless the Lord builds the house, those that build it labor in vain. There is a ministry. And the reason I want to make a point about this is that you can see this ministry in the scriptures that God calls people, gives them, gives them certain abilities in order to equip the church for the building up of the saints. That's Ephesians 4. You, I don't know whether I, I might read that, but... Oh, yeah, probably will. Now, we can't claim to do this on our own, but there is a ministry. In Ephesians, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's you, me, have been given a ministry of reconciliation, reconciling the world to God. We've been given certain ministries. There are certain ministries, Ephesians 4, you can read this in 11 and 12. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. This platform should be given to the ministry of the building up of the body of Christ. Now, sometimes you have to give people opportunity in order to train them, to give them exposure, to, to almost set fire to the gift 
to give people opportunity. So it's not an expert position here, but it's a position where God moves in those gifts to build up the church. So there is a ministry. And God has given gifts and callings. You imagine when, the, when the, those 3,000 people come to know the Lord, the word goes out. We're meeting at the temple. Peter's preaching. He's bringing the word of God. John's preaching. He's bringing the word of God. And so they're coming and they're listening because the, the ministry of God has been given to equip them. And here's a guy. His name's Raphael. Uh, his real Jewish name. And he goes back and he says, I've got this, I've seen it. I understood this revelation of that God loves me. And his love has been poured out into my heart, which means I can pour it out. And he goes back to his home and he says to his wife, did you know what I heard today? That's the kind of scenario you see this ministry. And we have this ministry. Not just me and Daniel or whoever. We have this ministry. Part of the building up of the church is to encourage and equip people in order to release people into their ministry. That's why people move on. Because there's, not, there's other opportunities for ministry to build up the church. Tim's over in River Church because he has a ministry to build up the church. And that's our challenge. How do we encourage and build up the church in order that you may go out and be sent out, whether it's in your workplace or whether it's another church situation or that's next week. Amen. So what does it mean to build the church as God's co-workers? It means that we want to see the church equipped, strong in God, able to withstand the temptation of this age, to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, to be able to stand up in the workplace and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's about being able to minister to our kids our young people, to make them strong in the Lord. It's about being people that are willing to serve and to give and to lift up others and to equip them, to send them. But it also says, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13, it says that all our work will be tested by fire and to be a builder for God, the Lord gave a prophetic word over me through someone completely disconnected to me and went into another church and said, I see you with a hard hat and a vis thing. You're a builder. I went, I'll take that. Um, if you see my building work, it's not a natural thing, I'll tell you. It must be a spiritual thing. Um, but I thought about this and I thought, all our work would go through the fire. This is 1 Corinthians 3.13. It's not about, great building isn't about how many people you get. It's about what gets through the fire. And in the end, we, all our work will go through the fire. You can read into this if you want. And we will stand before the Lord. And it says, and the Lord will reward you according to your work. That which comes through. It says, even if everything burns up, don't worry, you'll be saved as, if, as by one who escapes the fire. But wouldn't it be great to say, Lord, this is what you've enabled me to build. And it's gold, it's silver, bronze. So there's a ministry. And the gathered church is the great place where we see that ministry equipping one another. The third thing, um, the edification of others, the community of believers, our role in building up one another. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Have a little thought about what kind of stuff do we talk about with one another? 
How do we talk about people? How do we encourage one another? Our words have empower to build up the person we're speaking to. How often do we encourage them? Seek God, find God in this. You know, encourage, build up. That's a challenge. I find that a challenge because sometimes I'm impatient. I'm annoyed. It's hard to be positive when you're impatient and annoyed. But the Lord gives us grace. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up. I think he goes on to say, as you are doing. I love that about Paul. He says, go and do this. I know you're doing it. Well, he's, he's, he's obviously pointing something out. See, we are builders of the church. There's a great verse that men, all men know, iron sharpens iron. Everyone know that one? Guys, we love that one, don't we? It's very manly. Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. See, when, you know, if there's any responsibility for each other, is to build up the church. The gifts of the Spirit are for the building up church. Listen to this language. This is just, pull this out of 1 Corinthians 14. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds him up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. What was Paul's big point? Build up the church. For the church here, they all got caught up in their gifts. And it was all for themselves, you could kind of summarize. They say, no, the gifts are for the building up of one another. Make that your focus. How can you build up someone right now in the church? So it means to be an encourager, to cheer people on each other while we run the race. It's to come alongside people and it's to serve people. It's to, it's to put them before. If you could lift them up and say, look, you, you go for it. To build up one another, challenge each other in love, is to serve each other and care for one another. Number four, to build yourself up. You know, we, being built up as a church, we see how we have the ministry that's poured into our lives to encourage us to build up one another, encouraging us to build up. But where does that energy come from? that we pour out into others. But we all know that it comes from the Spirit. It comes from the Lord. Because if it comes from us, it's not going to build up anything. And when you think about this, you know, we can have great, um, we can read all the books in the world about how to build up the church, how to have a great ministry. We can go to different courses and we can go to the conferences and as we, some of us have already. We can go to these various things. We can watch the the, um, the teaching on YouTube or TBN or listen to the podcast or whatever. We can find whatever we want to learn about, we can find that online. But listen, they're all good things. But unless we have learned the discipline of being built up through personal prayer, personal reading and studying of the word, of worship, of giving of our time, money, of our heart to the Lord afresh, until that is part of our day-to-day -day life. I don't believe any of those things will really have an impact. See, if we look at this circle, we can't do anything outside of God. But we can't do any of the middle two bits if we are not finding God on our, for, for ourselves. 
So the building up of the church really comes down to about me or anyone, you being part of building up someone in order to encourage them to find God for themselves. I wonder what would happen if we were all separated by some strange, let's just use our imagination, strange reason, we find ourselves on our own. Can you survive? Now you might at this point say, well, there's no way I can survive. And we start there, don't we? But by building up personal devotion to the Lord, we can stand before God. I am not a priest. I used to be called Father John when I used to do work for the, for the barn. And I said, I am not a priest. Not in the way that they understood. I am not your go-between. I am your signpost. I am your shepherd. <laughs> it's not for, the gathering is not where you get all your stuff. The gathering is to build you up so you can find your stuff from the Lord. I see lots of nods, because we know that. We preach that a lot in the church, don't we? Amen. But do we do it? Because I know the challenge, even myself. But over time, you start to realize the joy it is to be with the Lord. And I know that many of us have difficult times. We've got young kids, or we've got um, demanding work lives, but we've got to find time. If there's any priority, delete your Netflix account if, if you need to. <laughs> I will, when the series finished, I will. <laughs> but we need to be consistent. You know what? I'd love to talk next week about wouldn't it be great if we stood here, we weren't just praying for our kids' ministry, but we was praying for a church plant. Or someone wanted to set up a new community group because they've got a vision to reach their neighbours. But I tell you, wouldn't it be great if we're sending them out confidently because we know those people know what it means to sit with Jesus on their own. I remember someone, I think it was Oswald Chambers saying, many people say, when I'm on the mission field, I'm gonna be sold out for God. When I'm on the mission field, I'm gonna be praying every day. When I'm on the mission field, I'm gonna be telling everyone about Jesus. And he said, if you're not doing it now, right here in London, you won't do it over there. Amen. So we've got to build ourselves up. Amen. All right, it's 12 o'clock. I want to just talk practically because God has been doing some wonderful things in the church. Spiritually, God has been moving, touching lives, and it's wonderful. But if you would just let me just focus on some practical things because I want us to think about this, this place as a gathering place. So when, if you remember the first two circles, you had the building up and you had the sending out. You had the gathering and the scattering. Well, what does it mean that this place, we have this building. You know, uh, where Tim's gone, River Church, they don't have a building, and part of their challenge is how do they reach out to a community where they don't have a building that they can invite people in? So EGCC as a gathering place, this building as a gathering place. In previous, when we shared the vision before, we said about that we have this vision, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but we said, and with a building fit for purpose. And um, part of our vision of what we've been doing over the past year is uh, with Fresh Ground Coffee House. Um, but I want us, first of all, to think about why the church gathers together. So simply, we gather together like we do this morning, to hear the word, to be envisioned together, to know we're part of something together. There's many other words with together at the end of it. It's how we do things together. It's, there is a corporate worship 
experience, and I mean that in the best way of that word. There is something about when we come together to pray, when we come together to worship, when we come together to hear the word, which is different to when we are out in our scattered environment. There is something purposeful about being together. And this is why this is a gathering place, and, and we want to gather many people in. And what we've been seeing in the coffee shop is people finding the coffee shop as a gathering place, as a meeting place. I was trying to work out, and I'm going to guess some statistics. I'd say 90% of the people that regularly, or, or that we see regularly coming into this building are not from the church. Does that surprise you? Because the cafe, five days a week, we're seeing more and more people discovering us and coming back and coming into this cafe. And that's part of our vision. We want this to be a meeting place, a gathering place, where, the, where people can come and meet their friends and be in this place, first just to meet one another, but maybe eventually where the community meets the, the church, where you meet your friends, where your meeting, like on Friday, we saw Freds of Grace meeting one another around an activity. On Wednesday, soon, Mini Maestros meeting new people through an activity. This is a meeting place. It's a gathering place. And what part of what Tano's been doing in terms of hiring out uh, rooms, we have many different people. Um, Lena's Spanish class is here on a Saturday, people coming, sitting in here. And I've been getting to know people by name and talking to them. And there's so much opportunity just to sit with people and talk. When people come in here, they always, I've never met anyone who doesn't want to talk. And I don't mean sharing all your dirty laundry and everything. I mean just chit-chat, first of all. And then over time, as you get to know them, you're talking about your family life. You're talking about what they do. And when they ask me what I do, well, then, then it opens up all sorts of other things. So that's, it's wonderful. Um, but, so we see EGCC as a gathering place. And, and, I'll, you know, part of our heart is that we see this building used. Debbie was saying the other day, weren't you, Debbie? She came in and every room was being used for something. Every room. And isn't that wonderful? It's not about raising finances through people hiring rooms. It's about the fact that this is becoming easy for people to step through the door. And we're building a meeting place, a cafe, this gathering place, meeting place. Um, and, you know, the, the thing with the coffee, what we wanted to do and what we felt to do really was that the cafe would be self-sustainable. In other words, the church finances are not paying for the cafe. So we're trying to run a business. And we're going to do a business that is a which is a, uh, a community cafe, but we want to do it well. We want to honor the Lord. We want to do good stuff. We want to have good provision and service levels. And, and I just want to just reiterate why we're doing this cafe. As I said already, 90% of the people that come into this cafe are not from the church. Now, I'm not, that's because many of us who work, work when the cafe's not open. Saturdays is a busy day. It's only open on the Saturday if you're, not, if you're uh, a worker. But we're building something. And I think sometimes, like I said earlier, when you're building, we're st the, the cranes are out, we're, we're digging down. Um, we're not above ground yet. Sometimes it feels like our heads aren't even above ground because we're learning as we go along. We're discovering new things. And I feel like we've turned a corner. August was our best month and we were closed one week of it. And it was a summer holiday. Um, it's almost like I feel like we are starting to 
build something that God is really honoring and we're starting to get to a place where we don't have to go to the trustees and say we need X amount of money. It may take another year, it may take another six months before we're profitable, but there is a reason why we're doing the kind of things we're doing. That's why we price the food a certain way. That's why we are trying to find a, a menu that works for us. There's a, there's a reason why we're doing things. I want you to understand this reason. We can't just do really cheap food because we can't afford to. We would never be able to run it. Um, but God is honoring it. There are 500 people that currently follow us on our Facebook page for the cafe. 500 people will see the details. Over the last few weeks, when we've run activities, nearly every single person that's come to activities has been new to the cafe. So when you think about awareness, still, I've been out there with one of my, one of my clients, is the general manager of Clarendon Hotel, and he came and had a little look, and he went out there and he stopped a man, and he said, did you know there's a, there's a coffee shop here? We stand by that sign. And he said, no. <laughs> and, uh, and my man said, mind you, he is walking with his head, <laughs> his head down. So I thought, maybe we should put signs on the floor. <laughs> but people are still discovering that there is a place here. But he made this point. He said, he said, looking at your sign, you're talking about coffee and food. He said, you know what you've got there? You've got a meeting place. That was what he said. And I, I didn't say it, but I said, in my mind, I'm thinking, amen, Ken. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Out of the mouths of Unbelievers, he shall. <laughs> but something's being built, and, and God is building something wonderful, and we've got some wonderful people that are working hard. We're going to lose Steve, because Steve is going on to great places, getting a job, which is fantastic. Huh? <laughs> he's got it, yeah. You start in October? October the 6th. Amen. So, amen, we're sending him out. He's been built up, and now we're sending him out. <laughs> and we say, Lord, come and fill the gap. But we need help. We need workers. We need volunteers. We need ideas. We need new ways of doing things that work well. We need God's grace. We need God's mercy. We need patience. We need faith. But God is building something. And it might not be what you expected it to be, but come and talk to me, and, and, and if you want to know any more that you can pray about, um, I can give you a whole list of things that you can pray. But God is building it. And we might only be seeing the cranes, but we're building it. And people are coming in, and people are loving it. So I want to encourage you with that. You know, things are really going well. Um, and over this year, there was, with, with Tim Gain, who was running this project, um, we, we, taking into account that there was a big shift in how we were managing this thing, um, I've been really encouraged by what God has been doing. And um, I think as a team, Angela and Anna and Margareta particularly, um, we, we are learning on the go, and every day it's like there's something, every week there's something new that we're learning, and God is helping us to see what our product is. And I'll tell you what our product is. Anyone guess what our product is? Uh, it wasn't Jesus actually, Jim, but no. I'll tell you what a product is. It's time. People just need a bit of time where their kids are happy and they can just sit and we can provide that in an environment where the presence of God and who knows what they might get when they're looking for time. Anyway, that's an aside. So we're building a meeting place. And... Uh, Here's my summary just to, to close. 
Over these next two weeks, and even today, maybe you've been listening, you've been thinking about, you know, God is building a gathering place here. We're, we're looking to um, run more activities in this building to get more people in, to connect with people. Um, and we want to see that go into Alpha courses, into one-on-ones, into um, just play activities. Or um, uh, there's, uh, I think we're buying some PCs that we're going to do some help. Tanner's going to do some help, get people into work and all these kind of things. We need people to find their place in what God is doing. I don't think I read the verse, but it says this, that God places us in the body as it pleases him. In other words, you can say this in the building context, he places us as bricks in the building as it pleases him. You're part of this building. And maybe there's something that's resonated with you that you can think, do you know what, what's my place? At the end of these two weeks, that's why I want us to pray, really, and focus our prayer next Sunday night. I hope you can make it. Because I want you to know your place in what God is building here. And maybe your place is to be sent out. Or your place is to really dig in and say, I really want to just help build people up. But there's got to be a place, because God has brought you here to put you in the bricks to build up a spiritual house. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we bless your holy name that you are building your church. Father, I just want to ask that these words of mine might be translated into vision, personal vision, for each one of us to see what you're calling us to do. Lord, I pray for faith in these days. Lord, to really believe you for all that you've said about this place, to all that you've said about provision, Lord, all that you've said about building up this church, making it strong in faith, Lord, in service of God, Lord, in our own personal giving to you, in time, money, whatever it may be, Lord, will you build your church and will you use us to do it? Father, we pray that we will not be an obstacle, but that we will be those that have laid down our lives, no longer living for ourselves, but living for you. Lord, I just want to thank you for the church. Lord, it's hard to find people that are not doing anything. Lord, because you've put this shared heart to serve one another. And I thank you for that, Lord, that you have caused us to really come together. And I pray, Lord, that you will just keep doing that. Add to us, Lord, we pray, workers for the vineyard. Lord, for those that, for more that will serve in our children, our young people. Lord, for more that will serve in the midweek activities. Lord, for those that feel the calling to pray more consistently. Lord, we just ask of you that you may continue to build the church and help us, Lord, to be your co-workers. So I just commit this time to you now, this, these words, and ask you, Lord, to bring them alive to our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen.